Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God forbids coveting because it puts a barrier, listen, between me and my neighbor. And we're going to talk about these things. Put your focus in the wrong place, coveting does. Coveting puts a barrier between me and my neighbor. Thirdly, God forbids coveting because it leads to breaking all of God's commands. We'll talk about that. It leads, coveting, did you know, leads to breaking all of the other commandments. In other words, I'm saying right up front that coveting, once you get to that place of coveting, you start breaking all the other commandments, although it's number 10, and I don't think it's in this order because you start breaking all the other commandments. We'll talk about that. I'm getting ahead of myself. And then finally, fourthly, God forbids coveting because it will destroy my spiritual relationship. God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. It's a barrier between me and my neighbor. It leads to breaking all of God's commands. And then finally, God forbids coveting because it will destroy my spiritual life. Point number one, God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. Listen, give me your attention. Coveting leads to putting your focus on earthly things And you're getting your heart chained to the earth. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, perhaps you know it. It says, do not love the world, neither the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father, do you know, is not in him. Don't love the world. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, tells us to set your mind on things, what, saints? above and not on the things of the earth. I like Luke chapter 12, verse 15, and I really like it in the NIV version. It says this, watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I love that. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, it reads this on the screen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where, saints? In heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For what? Read it with me. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice Jesus didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. Jesus says where you put your treasure, that's where your heart will follow. So in other words, are you listening? If you put your 
treasure in the stock market, you will be checking the stock market every day. Because this is where your heart will go. Your heart is going to follow wherever you put your treasure. Do you understand? That's why it's important to put your treasure in the kingdom. Please. We don't need to go there. We already know. You've been coming to Calvary for a minute. You know God is not broke. God's not broke. I don't tell you to put your treasure in the kingdom because God is broken. Well, the kingdom's going to fall apart if you don't give your money. Nope, that's not what the Bible says. God owns a cattle of a, on a thousand hills. He does, that doesn't mean he has, you know, a thousand one hills, there's no cattle of his. That doesn't mean that. It, it's just simply the picture of God owns everything. He's not broke. And if you don't put your treasure in the kingdom, the kingdom will be just fine. Amen. Kingdom was fine before you came here. The kingdom be fine when you leave. Amen. But you put your treasure in the kingdom, not because God is broke, but because God tells us where you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to follow. So if you put your treasure in the kingdom of God, your heart's going to go into the kingdom. And you'll be heavenly minded. The best way to live life is to live it backwards. What do you mean, Rodney? Live your life from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. So you live your life by putting your treasure in the kingdom in heaven. And you'll be thinking about kingdom things. And your heart will just go toward the kingdom. You'll wake up in the morning thinking about kingdom stuff. And and your mind will just be thinking about things of Jesus and things of the kingdom and what you can do to further the kingdom and how you can use your resources to further God's kingdom. Your heart goes to the kingdom. When you put your treasure in the kingdom, your heart follows. You understand? And that's what Jesus says here. He says, listen, if your treasure is in the kingdom, that's where your heart is going to follow. So God forbids coveting because coveting gets your heart in the wrong place. Coveting riches can also, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, can also encourage false dependence. What do you mean, Rodney? Keep your finger in Exodus. Go to Revelation. It is the last book of the Bible. You already know that. Revelation chapter 3. Turn there quickly. Let me hear those pages turning. Let me hear those pages turning. I love to hear pages turning. Bible pages, that is. Revelation chapter 3. And look at this. We're talking about coveting riches. We're talking about your heart in the wrong place. We're talking about encouraging a false dependence. That's why you shouldn't cover riches. Revelation chapter 3. And we'll just simply look at verse 17. Look at verse 17, Revelation 3, 17. You're looking at it. Jesus is saying this. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are, what saints? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus goes on to say to this lukewarm church of the Laodiceans, 
Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be really rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. As many as I love, I, I love this ver these verses, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I'll dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Listen up to what the Spirit says to the churches. The verse I really wanted you to take a look at is actually in verse 17. Notice Jesus says, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Jesus says, listen, that's your estimation of yourself. But the reality is, God says, what I see is that you are wretched, poor, blind, and naked. You see, people think, you know, I got money. Give me your attention. I got money. I got medical insurance. I got my financial portfolio. I have need of nothing. Jesus says, I hate to tell you, you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You see, Jesus is actually saying to this church, and he's saying to our church, you know, you, what you need is more than money. What you need is what money cannot buy. You see, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with having money. But money cannot buy you Jesus. And that's what you need. That's his point to the church of Laodicea. And I believe that's his point to Calvary Chapel, the church here tonight. We need, more importantly than anything, we need Jesus. Amen, Amen saints? And coveting and riches can encourage a false dependence. Do you understand? A false dependence. Not only can coveting and riches create, encourage a false dependence, but also there's the danger of making a man greedy and selfish. Coveting does that as well. The danger of wanting more. The danger of loving money. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Don't you know this verse well? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I have to point out, I think you already know, money is not evil. Money is inanimate. It, it, it doesn't do anything of, an, of itself. Money doesn't have a spirit. Money is not evil. The Bible says the love of money <coughs> is evil. Or coveting money is evil. That's evil, coveting money. And you know, unfortunately, I have to say that the church has, the church, covetousness has invaded the church. Do you understand that the whole prosperity teaching, please, by no means am I seeking to offend you tonight. I'm trying to help you understand something. The whole prosperity teaching which teaches God wants you to be rich. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. <laughs> That's basically what it teaches. You name it, you claim it, you believe it, you receive it. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be prosperous, and they take all kinds of verses. God wants you to live life abundantly, and all of these other kind of verses. This whole prosperity teaching has encouraged covetousness in the church today. 
it has caused the church to be earthly minded. And, and, and where you have a church that is earthly minded or an individual, a people, a nation, a country that is earthly minded, you can be no heavenly good. You can't be blessed. You, you can't be spiritual and earthly at the same time. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the church has become so earthly minded because this whole prosperity teaching has invaded the church. You know, I was just listening to a preacher even yesterday. And he was talking about, you know, the, the, the church needs the, 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 the come up. Come up in their clothing. Come up in the cars they drive. Come up in the houses. And I, here I'm typing this sermon on covetousness. And I, I am typing as fast as he's talking. I'm like, really? Did he say that? <laughs> no, he didn't. I can't believe this. I'm, am I the only one to hear this stuff? This is, this is not the Lord. Amen. What, two people agree with that? Amen. This is not the Lord. Amen. We need to come up in our clothing and come up in the cars we drive and come up in the houses. Listen, God does not, God is not concerned with where you live. God is not concerned with where you drive, what, what you drive. God is not concerned with the clothes that you wear, but that's the very point in of itself. God is not concerned with these things. That's the point. We are concerned with these things. And all, of course, for the glory of God. I mean, let's just face it now. If the <laughs> well, now, well, I mean, if the, if the world sees the church looking all sloppy and bummy and not driving nice cars, well, what in the world would they think? <laughs> this is the rationale. This is crazy. God is not concerned with what you drive. I, you know, I, don't be concerned what you drive. Look, just drive. I say drive something that's reliable. That's nice. Amen. I've got to get where I need to be. That's good. But, 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 but saying that God wants you to have the best of everything and be prosperous, and then they go on to say, even on the other side of that, is if you're not prosperous, then, then you're in sin. I've heard this kind of stuff, and you're not living at your best potential. That's causing the church to be covetous and earthly-minded. That's exactly what that teaching is doing. It's causing the church to be earthly-minded and covetousness. We've got to watch out for being covetous and desiring things and money. Again, I say, God, if you have much, praise God. That, that's a blessing. If you have a lot, then be a blessing to people. Make that check out. That's Rodney with an R. -O <laughs> I'm just joking, but you understand what I mean. I mean, if you have a lot, then praise God. That, that's a blessing. But man's greatest need is not money. Man's greatest need is what? Forgiveness. Jesus. Amen. Who offers forgiveness. Amen. You know, it makes me think of the verse. I was just kind of pondering this verse. How do you like that word, pondering? I was pondering this verse today. Acts chapter 13, verse 38. It was Paul who was preaching, and he said, Therefore, in Acts 13, 38, Paul said, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man Jesus is preached to you 
the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified. Remember we talked about that Sunday? <coughs> justified is, is what? Just as if I'd never sinned. All who believe in Jesus are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the laws of Moses, Paul said. Man, when, you know, when you read this verse, I mean, you know, and put, that in, put this verse in light of the Christian teaching today and what we hear in the church today. Jesus will make you prosperous. Jesus Christ came to give you life abundantly. Jesus Christ wants you to be healed. Everyone should be healed. Paul says, listen, the message that is preached is not a message of prosperity. According to this verse, Paul says, but it's a message of the forgiveness of sins. That's the message, the forgiveness of sins. Man's greatest need is the forgiveness of sin. And what a wonderful message it is. Do you know Coming to someone telling them that they can be forgiven is better than coming to someone telling them that they can be rich. Because what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his Thank you. What? Don't you know that telling somebody that they can be forgiven is a beautiful, beautiful message? And it's a message that you can preach anywhere. It's a message that you can preach to poor people, rich people, sick people, black people, white people, healthy people, people in India, people in Israel, people in Indonesia, anywhere in the world. You can take this message of forgiveness and preach it. You cannot take a message of prosperity and covetousness and preach that, say, in India. What? It's, they have nothing. How are you going to tell them God wants them to be prosperous, and, and, and if they tithe, they'll, they'll be prosperous? They have no shoes on their feet. They have no clothes. They have no place to live. They have disease and famine. And we need to be people who, who are taking the, the message of the gospel. It's a message that you can preach anywhere. It's applicable to any man, anywhere, to all people, everyone. Everyone who believes is justified. Everyone who believes is sanctified. And everyone who believes is, will be glorified. Amen, saints? Amen. Everyone. It's a great message. It's better than prosperity. It's better than God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. It's a message of forgiveness. Secondly, our second point tonight, God forbids coveting. Are you still tracking with me? God forbids coveting because it puts a barrier between me and my neighbor. Listen, saints, your attitude toward your neighbor should be that of love. Your attitude to your, towards your neighbor should be that of love. And let's just face it, it is hard to love someone who is standing in the way of your happiness or getting what you think you deserve. When you have a covetous heart, it causes you to get envious when your neighbor is prospering. When your neighbor gets a new car, or they get a new house, or the furniture truck pulls up, or they get a raise at work, and they tell you, hey, I'm, I, I just got a promotion at work, and, you know, you know, a covetous heart, you go, oh, <laughs> that's nice. That's good for you. You see, covetousness, you see how that works out practically? 
covetousness puts a barrier between you and your neighbor. Don't you remember? As a matter of fact, oh, let's turn in. Let's turn there again. Matthew chapter 22. Let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 22. Turn quick. The gospel of Matthew chapter 22. Talking about your neighbor. Look at Jesus, what he has to say in Matthew 22. This is turn in your Bible night. Matthew chapter 22, and look at verse, uh, and look at just right around verse 34. Matthew chapter 22, saints, beginning in verse 34, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. And when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, notice, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You see that? You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Stop right there. Notice the lawyer asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God first and love your neighbor second. Now listen, don't you remember when Charlton Heston carried the Ten Commandments down from the mountain? The two tablets of stone, remember that? And the first tablet deals with your vertical relationship to God. The first tablet, or the first four commandments, deal with your vertical relationship to God. And the second tablet, or the last six commandments, deal with a horizontal relationship to man. So Jesus said in our text, we are to love God first. Why? Because listen, the most important thing, are you listening, that you can ever, 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 ever do is to love God first. Amen, saints? Amen. You are to love God before you love your wife. You are to love God before you love your husband. You love God before you love your kids, your job, your money, your in-laws, your outlaws, your family, your friends, your career or house. You love God First, and then you love your neighbor. Love for God. Jesus takes the whole law. Are you with me? He takes the whole law, and Jesus sums it all up with two commandments. Love God first, and then love your neighbor or love man. Love God, love man. And understand something here. Love for God and love for man cannot be separated. It cannot be separated. You know, I've heard people say this here. Well, I love God, but I just don't love the church. I've heard people say that. Have you ever heard that? I love God, but I don't love God's people. That's impossible. You cannot love God and not love God's people. They go together according to the scriptures. And yes, I believe and I agree that there's some people they are hard to love. I mean, they just are. I mean, we wish we could love God and not love his people. Some people are hard to love. You know, it was Chuck Swindoll who wrote this, and I love it. Chuck Swindoll said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints below, well, that's another story. <laughs> it's true. 
You know, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21 reads this. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, it just makes sense. How can he love God whom he has not seen? You see, John links loving God and loving people together. When you love God vertically and love God's people horizontally, you get this? Love God vertically, love God's people horizontally. You know what you get a picture of? The cross. You see? They go together, loving God. Well, notice Jesus said in our text in Matthew 22, Jesus said, love your neighbor. Did you note that? Verse 39, look at it. Love your neighbor as. You see that? If you, say, if you see it, say I see it. There you go, verse 39. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.